eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It is Monday, February 28th, and you are listening to another edition of the West of the Rest podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast feed. My name is Blair Angulo. I'm your host, joined by my co-host and national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports, Brandon Huffman. We are enjoying the sun out west. Brandon, are you are you cozied up? I'm cozied up. I got my nice warm coffee, but I'm looking outside, seeing rain on the forecast, which is a far cry from a week ago when we were getting sunburned in beautiful Las Vegas, Blair. We were, and and get ready because this coming weekend, we will be both down in, in Southern California, big seven on seven battle at the beach, and as well as the Under Armour Camp Series stop in Southern California. Uh, so a lot to cover uh, on this podcast in particular. We're going to discuss the event that we were both at last weekend, and that would be the battle seven on seven in Las Vegas, some eye catchers, some potential big time immediate contributors at the college level. Uh, we're going to talk Zach Branch, Jaden Rashada, a couple of the top prospects out West in the 23 class. But let's start with the recalibration of the recruiting period and the recruiting calendar. We're about to embark on a quiet period, which kicks off March 1st, which would be this Tuesday. Obviously, there's also, you know, the, there's also other periods like the dead period, the evaluation period, and the contact period. So from March 1st to April 14th is a quiet period. And then it kicks off an evaluation period that runs through the back half of the month of April and throughout the month of May. Another quiet period followed by a dead period at the end of June. So we won't have another dead period, Brandon, until the end of June. So get ready for a, a lot of visit recaps. It's funny when there was the first year the NCA instituted a February dead period, it was in 2020. And then there was about a 10 day window where there was no dead period. And then the world shut down and we had a dead period for 15 months. So I thought we might actually ditch the February dead period this year. We did not, which means that March is going to be ramped up because not like we're facing a worldwide pandemic, but I think there's some schools that are chomping at the bit to do junior days and really get guys on campus for the next six weeks before coaches can hit the road with the spring evaluation period. Yeah, for for I mean, in terms of like on the surface, I'm curious uh, what these next few weeks are going to look like for some schools now that they know the calendar a little bit ahead of time, right? I think in the first year, first year and a half, everyone was trying to figure things out and feel things out on the go. And obviously now there's a lot of more, a lot more knowledge in terms of how 
quickly and how accelerated the recruiting process is, how important official visits are. Uh, one school in particular that we didn't touch on last week in our in our return uh, of the West of the Rest podcast was UCLA. Chip Kelly just got an extension and and coming off his best season uh, with the Bruins, and you know I think some would say was an adequately decent season, uh, not only in in terms of production, but uh, I, I think they were a product that was very viewable in a sense, right? Like they had Dorian Thompson, Robinson, hurdling dudes. Uh, Kyle Phillips was the, one of the leading receivers in the Pac-12. Uh, Dulce, Greg Dulcich was one of the better tight ends in the country. Uh, they had a, a pretty potent o- offensive game in terms of the the run the running attack with Zach Charbonnet, the transfer from Michigan. But I think a, a lot of eyes for, for, for fans out West will be what Chip Kelly does now in recruiting. Now that he does have that extension, does he continue with that same blueprint that he's been, you know, so steadfastly uh, going with in, in terms of limiting the offers and limiting the on-campus visits? Or does he change things up knowing you know what's kind of ahead on the horizon? I think they're going to be more amenable to guys taking visits in the month of March. Now, you have USC doing a, a big junior day next weekend. UCLA will probably do more in line with the meet and greets. But you would think in year five with UCLA recruiting and definitely showing some signs of life with the 2020 class, 2021 was a little bit more of the interesting that they've gone heavy in the portal, but you look at 2023 and you look at how many offers that they have out. And I think by, by the count that I saw the other day was 35 offers, which puts them substantially less than most of the rest of the Pac-12, even less than Stanford, which has been one of the, the stingiest when it comes to offers in the Pac-12. So maybe their approach changes in terms of hosting guys on campus, allowing guys to come in and take visits in the month of March, but it sure doesn't seem like their strategy has changed in terms of how many offers they're going to extend. I mean, it's not a great running back class out West, but UCLA only offered their first two running backs in the last week and a half. You look at, you know, the quarterback situation, UCLA at at various points in the previous few years on Chip Kelly would have one outstanding offer to a quarterback at a time. Now they have three. So there's been some philosophical changes, but then there's been others where it makes you think, you know what? Like you said, he's got the extension. It's working in, in his mind. Why stray from what's been working for the previous four or five years? And why change that up in year five? Yeah. And if you remember prior to the pandemic, when official visits were allowed in the spring, UCLA and Clemson were the only two schools not to host spring official visitors. And mm-hmm. then you saw a bunch of UCLA targets come off the board in the summer. And people were wondering, all right, you know, wh- what's UCLA going to do now? They have to move to their plan B's, plan C's, plan D's uh, on the recruiting board because they did not want to host official visits in the spring. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that all shakes out as we kick off a- another quiet period and then the official visits later in the spring. Two schools uh, up north, or three schools, I guess, in the Pac-12 North with new head coaches, uh, Washington, Washington State. You're also going to be kind of looking, you know, kind of what their strategy is in terms of how the new staffs, you know, uh, in a in a way, acclimate to to the new conferences. Yeah, I, I think what'll be fascinating is to see if any of those schools will kind of change their approaches to what they want to use March for. Now, if you rewind just two years ago, Blair, you had Washington and Washington State who were both changing head coaches. Washington's changed a little bit different in that Chris Peterson announced at the end of the 2019 season he was going to retire. Jimmy Lake took over. They signed their class entirely that December and then they used January to maybe get on the road a little bit, whereas Nick Rolovich took over for Mike Leach in the middle of January. He used those remaining few weeks to sign the rest of his 2020 class. But Washington had a junior day towards the end of January. Washington State 
was going to ramp things up in March and then the pandemic hit. So they never really got, Washington State hasn't had like a true junior day, gosh, probably going back to 2019. So it's not a surprise to see with Washington State, they're going to be having a number of junior days over the next few months. We saw them tweet out some dates over the last week. Washington with Keelan DeBoer coming in, they had a massive junior day on that final Saturday before the dead period started back in January, had a good chunk of guys come up both locally and nationally. Oregon, obviously, they needed to sign a good chunk of their class with, with Dan Lanning doing double duty, coaching at Georgia in the playoffs in the national championship game. So they had a, a kind of a big visit weekend that last weekend in January where they had a number of 2022 players coming in on officials and then a number of 2023s coming in for unofficials. But Oregon is already ramping up to do big visit weekends uh, in terms of unofficials in the month of March. So I think all three schools are, are kind of learning that you need to be aggressive in marketing your program and, and marketing your your coaches, their, their new coaches, building these relationships. I, again, we, you know, obviously 2020 threw in the, the whole curveball of the pandemic, but it seemed clear that those three schools have seen that, hey, March, we got our class assigned in, in February. Now March has to be going full speed to impressing the 23s and the 24s. And I think all three of those staffs are going to make sure that there's either, you know, with Washington already having a junior day, they'll probably do more mini meet and greets with their local players. But Oregon, I expect them to ramp things up heavily in the month of March. And Washington State's already announced that they're planning to ramp things up because I don't think schools want to get caught behind the eight ball of time being their enemy now and so much uncertainty with recruiting. And then people would like to turn their attention fully in the middle of April to rehosting official visits again for the first time starting in mid-April since 2019. We put so much emphasis on those game visits, right? During the fall when players are going out to games and checking things out and walking out of the tunnel with the team and going into the locker room after the game and and all that sort of stuff. We also put so much emphasis on the early signing period and and those in-home visits and kind of that mad dash towards the the finality of a recruiting process, but don't don't overlook and don't sleep on these March, spring, and, and junior day events, right? Like I think a lot of the heavy lifting is done during these weekends, and it, it's easy to maybe forget how important it is to establish these relationships, show these prospects where they are on the board, uh, meet with with parents, meet with coaches, build those relationships, and 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 kind of kick off the recruiting. And uh, a lot of the victories are are happening right now in, in the spring. So it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, what what happens. We're going to get into our eye catchers from the battle seven on seven tournament in Las Vegas. After the break, you are listening to the West of the Rest podcast. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We are back on the West of the Rest podcast. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by national recruiting editor Brandon Huffman. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Huffman. Brandon, before we get into Vegas and and obviously the 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 event that we were both at, I don't want to say scorching because we had a nice little wind out there. Uh, you, I, and, and Chris Singletary and, and our colleague Mike Roach of Horns 24-7. But I, I wanted to ask you, quiet period dead period those terms are kind of weird like what does a quiet period mean like quiet usually means like hey like hush hush but prospects are able to get on campus and and actually talk to coaches so that term doesn't apply then there's the dead i mean dead period seems kind of morbid right like what what are we doing here <laughs> who, who named these things it, it had to have been some pencil pusher in the ncaa who made a really bad decision from a marketing standpoint but it, it's always fascinating because you have people that i'm like listen you can't just be a complete newbie to following recruiting. You've got to know. And every year, I, I, Brian Peroni, our colleague over at Gigum 24-7, every year writes an article explaining the periods because people still think during the dead period, you can't talk to them. Well, how is he getting an offer if it's the dead period? It's like, man, we have to explain this, but they don't make sense. I mean, they're, they're really all kind of counteractive to what their actual title is and what kind of contacting can go on during each period. And then you have periods where it's the contact period, but it's still the dead period, even though it's the contact period. But this week, it's, the, it's like, dude, how about we just come back, go back, let everybody in A&R go back in and rename these things and put them in the English terms. Yeah. I mean, the only one that makes sense is the evaluation period. And that's when coaches are able to evaluate off campus. But yeah, I mean, this, what are we doing here? Like whoever thought of these obviously did not foresee name, image, and likeness and knows nothing about branding. So NCAA or whoever makes those decisions, let's, let's work on a, a better uh, term glossary for the uh, NCAA recruiting calendar. Cause it's getting kind of ridiculous. All right, let's get into uh, Las Vegas battle seven on seven. The big eye catchers, Chris Singletary, and I actually broke down Anthony Hill. He was a five-star linebacker uh, out of Texas uh, on last week's episode. If you want to catch that, I think it was the the Wednesday five-minute morning, a big-time prospect and actually considering a Pac-12 school in USC. You know, in terms of the other eye catchers that that we liked and players that really popped, you you have to start with Zach Branch. He's the big time receiver out of Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. They actually captured the championship thanks in large part to his contribution and his you know ability to contribute uh, in, in all facets on the offensive side of the ball. Looks looks kind of like a Debo Samuel out there, a Tyreek Hill, a player that you can put in in any position. Uh, committed to USC, a part of that big recruiting class to kick things off for Lincoln. 
Lincoln Riley in 23, along with Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon, a couple other five-star prospects. And, you know, I was looking at him and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure out which prospect he reminds me of or or a player that, you know, maybe he has a lot of shades of. And I always kind of came back to that DeAnthony Thomas, Adore Jackson mold of just sheer explosiveness and in and, and a compact frame, but a player that can make every cut every catch uh has that that speed you know I, this is a football podcast but there's a there's a term in in soccer where an attacker with the ball is coming at a defender and he's rushing towards him with with possession uh you can give Zach Branch 15 yards or so of space and of cushion and he's going to be able to eat those chunks of yards quickly like he'll get on you real quick real fast and you better be on your toes cuz there's no real way to stop him you know you could always respect a player more by how he's defended in tournaments like that, in games like we see. And I mean, shoot, you even had a viral clip uh, of two guys basically having to tackle him to the ground. It took both those guys a good couple seconds to even get him to the ground. But that's what you have to resort to to stop a player like him because he is so dynamic. He's got such electricity, such burst. He's got the wiggle. He's got that ability to kind of change speeds up on you to kind of lull you into a false sense as a defender that you can stay with him before he hits the hit stick button and or whatever button it is on the Xbox. And boom, he's gone. He's got just this innate ability to hit that gear that just separates him from everybody on the field. It's not just the separation that he gets from a def- from the secondary. It's a separation where he separates his body from anywhere even being touched. He had a play in the championship game where, you know, he, he basically took a run in the rules in battle where that you could have runs. You didn't have to just throw the ball. So they kind of ran him on a little bit of a sweep and it, it was impossible. It was in a tight space, but he's so quick and so just has so much burst that once he hit that hole, he was not even anywhere near being touched. And I think that you look at the the way guys like him are used in offenses nowadays. You you, you know, the Tyreek Hills, the DeAnthony Thomas, those just you find ways to get in the ball, whether it's throwing the ball to them deep, whether it's throwing the ball to them, you know, in in the slot and letting their speed go to work, whether it's hand the ball to them, whether they return punts or they return kicks, you know there's a highlight waiting to happen. And he's got that just innate ability to be a home run play make, make a home run play every single time he touches the ball and you know it was incredible again I think my biggest takeaway over the weekend was that it took two guys to try to take him down they struggled to do that but that was how you really the only way you could even defend him this weekend and by the way folks for those that aren't big seven on seven fans you just go back watch the state championship game he was doing the same thing to guys in 11 on 11 in full pads you can't hit what you can't stop yeah, I'm having those visions of him at USC in a, in a couple of years, taking those swing routes, taking those wide receiver screens, picking up 25, 30 yards, uh, moving the chains. I mean, he's going to be really special. You know, obviously USC, I think, has to shore things up on the defensive side of the ball, especially up front for them to be a, a viable national title contender. But I think Lincoln Riley is going to be able to land players like Zachariah Branch. That's 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 not something that we're questioning at all. You know, and, and but I think getting players like Zachariah Branch, getting players like Malachi Nelson, and Makai Lemon and, and anyone else that they're going to get, then that attracts the big linemen, right? That attracts the other prospects that are going to be like, okay, you know, they're going to be able to score points. All they need is an impact pass rusher or a big time linebacker, whoever it may be. And, and that's where the recruiting momentum really pays off. So USC getting a big time player and, and five-star receiver, Zachariah Branch, who's not only doing it on seven on seven, but like Huff mentioned, was doing that that wiggle joystick, that right stick on the Xbox <laughs> controller uh, throughout the season last year. Jaden Rashad, 
Mata, speaking of doing things, um, he's a special playmaker. And, and I feel like had there not been, you know, this this influx of big time five star quarterbacks, not only nationally, but out west in, in this cycle, we would probably be talking about Jaden Rashada a lot more than we do. He's a phenomenal prospect and and yes this was seven on seven and yes there's no line there's no pass rush there's there's just a, a timer right where you have to get the ball out quick but the timing the accuracy the anticipation and then the arm strength that he's able to show in that setting is is super impressive i'm excited to track him throughout this offseason and obviously track his his recruiting process you know like you mentioned he probably not being talked about nearly enough i don't think the gap between Nico, you know, the other Malachi Nelson and Arch Manning between Dante Moore and Jaden Rashada, who are I think fourth and fifth in the quarterback rankings is nearly as wide as you would think. Now the rankings may say otherwise, but there's a reason that all five of those quarterbacks are in that top 30 range in the 20, in the 24 seven rankings. And yes, now the other three guys, they're, they're kind of clear, uh, you know, top three quarterbacks, but I do not think that gap is nearly as wide as you would see with Dante Moore and Jaden Rashad. And I think Rashad is it's continuing to trend upwards. You know, he had kind of an interesting kind of the way his recruitment has gone where, you know, as a freshman, he had to back up Jay Butterfield, who was a four-star quarterback now at the University of Oregon. So he knew he wasn't going to play as a freshman. Ended up moving down to Florida to go to IMG when the pandemic hit. Moved back after he realized that, you know, he wanted to be back in California. Played at Pittsburgh High School where he was a backup. uh, Splitting duties, if you will, with Eli Brickhandler. So he really had his first year as a starter this past fall of 2021 with Pitt. Uh, They made it to the, they they won the CIF North uh, North Coast Section Championship. Got into the state regional bowl game. But He's probably had the least amount of starts of any of those guys in those five, but every event we've seen him at over the last couple of years, he's flourished. And I think he's going to be a guy that I'm not saying he's going to end up like CJ Stroud, where he ends up being a complete known. And we knew about Jaden early on. He was an inaugural member of the top 100, but you're seeing a similar type of rise in his ranking, a similar type of rise in his playmaking ability as he gets more starts. And I think he, it wouldn't be uh, ridiculous to say that there could be a discussion about all five of those quarterbacks who is number one between the five of them rather than just the three of them. And I think Jaden Rashada is going to firmly implement himself in that conversation. Yeah, Rashada going to be planning a, a busy spring. I think he is trying to get out to UCLA and Cal in, in March. Uh, also wants to get out to Stanford, which was another significant offer uh, recently. He, he was out at Oregon. He was out at Washington in the month of January. So keep that name in the back of your head. Jaden Rashada is is, is going to be a name to know here in the spring. A couple other eye catchers. And for me, I, I want to start with Damon Williams. He's a 2024 quarterback out of Chandler Basha uh, out in Arizona. And maybe had they won another game and gotten into that championship game, they had a, a semifinal exit. We're talk- may- Maybe we're talking about him as the alpha dog because he was super impressive. I think there was only one drive where they didn't score a touchdown in that pool, pool play uh, Saturday format. Uh, and that's because they put in Cole Martin at, at quarterback, who is the uh, you know four-star corner who's committed to Oregon. Uh, and they were just kind of playfully joking around. But Damon Williams, not big. I, I, I want to say 5'11-ish or so, 5'10", uh, 160, 165. The way the ball comes out of his hand, you wouldn't know that it's coming out of a frame that size. Uh, a really 
dynamic playmaker, a dual threat type of quarterback, but he's more than just an athlete. He's got a terrific ability to to hit receivers in stride. He has a really good deep ball that he's been able to show on film as well. I think he checks off a ton of boxes and I'm going to be interested to see what he does this spring because he told me he wants to commit before his junior year, right? Quarterback recruiting moves at a different pace. We all know it's super fast. It's accelerated. He wants to lock in his spot in the 24 class. So he's going to have a really big spring. You know, he's going to get compared a ton to Bryce Young over these next couple of years. And remember, Bryce made his first decision before his junior year when he committed to USC. Obviously, ultimately ended up at Alabama. But with, with DeMond, you see a lot of Bryce in him. And I know he's going to probably hate that comparison, although I wouldn't hate being compared to the projected number one pick in the 2023 draft and a Heisman Trophy winner who took his team to a national championship game. But I digress. DeMond is very surgeon-like when he plays. He knows how to pick you apart, pick you apart. He'll hit those short routes. He'll hit those intermediate routes. He'll lull the defense into thinking they got to play up, and then boom, he'll hit you up top. He, he, he what I think he went 11-1 and one this year as a starter at Basha High School, got him into the Open Championship. A pretty young Basha team. I don't know that they had many seniors on that roster. I went by the school. I know you had gone there in the spring. I went down there in the fall. I think they had eight guys that with FBS offers that were all either 2023s or 2024s. So this is a guy who has done a lot of damage on Friday nights with a very young roster, and they're probably gearing up towards this fall, but he's got a whole other year after that. He just could be decided for college by then. I, I love watching him play. The guy, the guy loves to play. He, he's you know out there basically calling the plays. The team responds. The team reacts. He does a great job of, of just spreading the ball around. He'll hit his tight end one play. He'll hit a deep receiver the next. He'll hit his running back the third play. Defenses have no idea what he's doing, and he's just very surgeon-like as a passer and, and, and as a, a quarterback kind of leading that charge. Yeah, he's going to be very interesting to, to monitor because he is one of those unique quarterbacks that has to find the the best fit, I think, stylistically on the offensive side of the ball to really maximize what he can do. Um, and, and obviously, the next few months are going to be important for him to be able to go and check those schools out and, and figure out you know exactly what he wants in, in an offense at the college level. UCLA offered actually right after the, the tournament, it sounded like. So that's another school to, to keep an eye on uh, there. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson was in Vegas, by the way, at the battle. Seven on seven. So um, I, I'm not sure if he was able to see Demond Williams, but you know that that could be another nice little comparison in terms of what they're able to do on 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 the on on the offensive side of the ball. DeAndre Moore, Huff. Before we wrap it up, big time prospect as well. Can do it on re- at receiver. Can do it at safety. Has Alabama, Louisville, Oregon, Texas, USC on his list, and and very high on his list. Formerly committed to Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley was there. Uh, sounds like the Sooners haven't been recruiting him as as heavily, and and I, I think. He'll still consider them if if they're back in the picture, but it sounds like he's right now focusing on those five other schools. I know Greg Biggins likes him at safety. You've liked them at safety as well, but he was able to show that he's a very capable receiver during during the weekend in Vegas. He's just a, a guy who's a very smooth playmaker that, yeah, he can play receiver, but I just watch him at safety at times. And you see the way he patrols the secondary. He's got the ball skills. He's got the range. He's got the speed. He's got the ability to, you know, pluck the ball out of the air. He can cover. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. I mean, when, when you have guys like him ranked as athletes, a lot of times when you have a guy ranked as an athlete, it's kind of a, hey, make a decision. You know, he could go either way. We've got him listed as a receiver. I think that, you know, it may be safer to list him as an athlete because I really could see him flourish at the next level as a safety where I think he, you know, it's also a West Coast thing where a lot of the West Coast guys 
want to play offense first and defense second. But I think if you you look in the way there there's a lot of receivers. You go to these college camps that we go to in June and you see 90 guys in the receiver line and 10 in the DB line. I think more guys need to be willing to play DB. And I think if DeAndre Moore decided he wanted to play DB, be a nickel, be a safety, whatever it be, he could play corner. I think he would absolutely be a star at that position. But the one common trait there is he's a talented player, no matter what side of the ball you have him play. I just like to see DeAndre be more open to wearing number 26 and go and play in the secondary. That's very true. I mean, he could do it all. And, and obviously, it's great to have those options. So I think he's still evaluating all that. And in terms of college, it sounds like the Trojans have a little bit of buzz there, obviously committed to some of the uh, the other prospects that went over to USC as well, who, along with Lincoln Riley, uh, his teammates with Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon at the high school level at Los Alamitos. And he's originally an LA native. Uh, so that's another thing to monitor there. So the Trojans could be loading up on another dynamic athlete. Huff, anything else before we go? Hey, it's our long national nightmare is over, not really. <laughs> but we're not getting waiting to the 4th of July for JT Tumalo a year ago. But Josh Conley Jr. resumes his final official visits. The number one player on the West Coast in the 2022 class. The number one off at the tackle in the country, a top 10 player nationally. He will take his final two official visits in the month of March. He's visiting Oregon. He's visiting USC for officials. Will likely take an unofficial to Washington before making his decision at the end of the month. Josh's team just qualified for the state tournament in basketball in the state of Washington. So they head to the Tacoma Dome next week to play in the 3-8 state championship tournament. I believe there's 12 teams that are in that bracket. So uh, win a couple games and, you know, he, it doesn't look like he'll be taking any official visits next weekend because that'll be when the state basketball tournament goes on. But I would imagine that come that second weekend in in March, the, uh, what would that be around the, 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 shoot 12th 13th and then you have the 19th and 20th probably will have visits those two weekends to usc and to oregon neither date has been finalized and then we should have a decision from Connolly by the end of the march closing the book finally on the 2022 class and moving on to 2023 entirely josh Connolly, that will not be a quiet period for josh Connolly. it, it so will not <laughs> here we go again with the with the loose terms brandon huffman blair angulo thank you so much for listening to the west of the rest podcast Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.